Now it's time for your hosts, the wonder twins of customer experience, Adam Toporek and Jeannie Walters. Hey, Adam, you know what it takes to put a podcast like Crack the Customer Code together? Um, forethought? You are so right. <laughs> <laughs> and we're so lucky because this episode is brought to our audience by Forethought. And with customer expectations higher than ever, that clunky chatbot, it's not working anymore. It's, it isn't cutting it, right? So not at all. Forethought, forethought goes beyond traditional chatbots by infusing human-centered AI that understands your customer sentiment and intent. And what do, I mean, that's what we all want, right? Uh, yeah, we want a crystal ball into the mind of our customers, but without a crystal ball, we're going to use technology. <laughs> and now you can. Now you can empower customers to self-serve, automatically route tickets to the right agent, and enable agents to resolve cases faster, all on one AI-powered platform. It's time to think outside the bot. You got that, Boom. Adam? Outside, <laughs> the outside the bot. I love it. <laughs> Learn more about human-centered AI and how you can get a $100 gift card by visiting forethought.ai backslash CTCC. You know what CTCC stands for? I do. Crack the customer code. You got it. You got it. And, and I love that they're talking about human-centered things, right? Yep, because this episode is all about the humans. It's all about the humans. And when we're talking about humans, we have to understand that, you know what, we all come from different places. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different life stories, but we all want to be included. And that's both in the workplace and as customers. So you know, I'm pretty excited about this. I am too. Yeah, I mean, something I, I teach, you've taught, I'm sure. And it goes back to Stephen Covey's famous, uh, you know, seven, um, seven habits mm -hmm. was um, this idea of, you, you know, you don't know someone else's story, right? right. You don't, uh, you know, we teach this in uh, empathy training and customer service, this idea that we don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, we do it in our training talking about uh, like if some if a customer is angry, oftentimes it's mm -hmm. not about you, the frontline rep or, or whatever that case may be. And uh, it's this idea because we all do have one different things happening at any time in our lives, but also we have different lenses. We have different histories. We have different histories that are personal and we have different histories, meaning experiences with different types of brands and companies. And mm -hmm. all of those can inform um you know, the perspectives we bring to customer experience and to employee experience. Right, right. And not only that, but I think people are saying, hey, you know what? I haven't always felt included. I haven't always felt recognized. And so now leaders are being asked to do this and maybe they don't quite know where to start. That's where this conversation really led in the conversation we had with Dr. Shirley Davis. So I think we should get right to it. It's really rich with ideas that everybody can apply in their organization. 100%. Well, let me tell you about Dr. Shirley Davis. She is an author, global workforce expert, and three-time chief diversity and inclusion officer, helping to make critical changes at companies around the world when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. This year, she wrote the new book, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for Dummies, the first of its kind for the Dummies series. Dr. Shirley Davis is the president and CEO of SDS Global Enterprises, Inc. She has worked in more than 30 countries on five continents and delivers more than 100 speeches a year. 
She also serves on the national boards of the Make-A-Wish Foundation and the National Speakers Association. And Dr. Shirley is a Toastmasters International 2022 Golden Gavel Award honoree. Dr. Shirley, Golden Gavel recipient, so exciting. We're so thrilled that you're here with us today. Thank you for being here. Oh, it is an amazing honor. I'm glad to be here as well. Incredible. So welcome and so happy to talk about this topic as well that you are an expert in inclusive leadership. And I want to start with when we talk about inclusive leadership, you know, we're, we're often talking about how to get that in corporations, how, how to get companies to buy into that. So what are some of the benefits? How do you, uh, you know, talk about the business benefits as well? How do you sell into a, sell a company, not sell into, but sell a company on this idea? How does it relate to sales performance, for example, and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. And I have the opportunity to work with a number of organizations that particularly sell their products, their services to customers around the world. And one of the things that I'm working with them on is how can they build greater levels of inclusion inside of their organization? And that does start with leaders. So it's important for them to recognize that if you want to be able to sell more to clients and customers who now are much more diverse, they're all around the world, they have expectations that they want to see people and they want to be able to relate to people who can relate to them, who understand their needs and their expectations and their uniqueness, that's a really key and critical way that we have to uh, enjoy some of the benefits, especially if you're selling. Look, here's the other thing. It's so important for us to know that when you talk about the diversity, ethnic diversity, gender diversity, and all that, there's some spending power out there, right? Just the, mm-hmm. when you look at people of color alone, it's nearly $4 trillion in annual buying power. So if you want to be able to attract more of those customers, look, it's not about black or white, it's about green. And if you want to <laughs> attract more customers, you got to look more, Look, you got to be able to relate to them, and you have to be able to serve their unique needs. So that's a big, big benefit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think one of the things that we're seeing is the conversations that are happening. I think there's a lot of good intent out there, right? People want to do the right thing. They want to lead their organizations so that they can, you know, really focus more on inclusion and diversity and equity and all these important things. But I think sometimes they look around and think, I don't know exactly how to do this. That's <laughs> so right. That's exactly right. What are some of the ways that you, you know, what are some practical tips and tools and strategies for really leading and implementing yeah. DEI in an organization? You know, I am so pleased to have had the opportunity to write the first ever out of about 2,640 dummies books in this in a dummy series. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there had never been a book on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I wrote it specifically for line leaders and supervisors and those who are on the front lines of sales and all the other kinds of areas and industries. And it's really important for them to understand that their role as leaders is also about how do you attract great talent. So that's a, sp- a specific tip and tool is you have to recognize that talent comes in all shapes, sizes, colors, backgrounds, educations, different mm-hmm. ethnicities, and ideas. So look for what you don't have on your team so that you can build a much more diverse, well-rounded team that you you can leverage that innovative ideas, those problems to you know to solve some of those problems and bring some innovative and create 
creative thoughts to your services and how to better serve your clients and customers. That's one. But the other thing too that's important is that you've got to create the right kind of culture where people feel like they can bring their best ideas. They feel like they can, you know, enjoy the the benefits of opportunities. They want development. They want coaching. They want to feel a sense of belonging. They want their voices to be heard and they want to be recognized. So that's another key ingredient is to create the right kind of culture of inclusion that fuels that mm-hmm. innovation and creativity that helps drive more sales. Because I found, and I know this from having been in HR for 30 years, when people feel a sense of connection to the team and they feel like they're valued and respected and they feel an esteemed member of the team, they bring their best game. They bring their A game. They bring their best ideas. They want to be more involved. They are more invested. You're less likely to see them turn over. They won't leave the company. And that's an important part of you know having sustained success. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think you bring up something really important, especially around hiring, because I I heard a story recently that I think really was a great story about learning and about like embracing that in the moment, because one of my uh, nieces, she was in college and one of the professors basically said, you know what, um, somebody called me out on the way that I grade thinking it was biased. And he, this professor, credit to him, he said, you know what, I might have bias that I'm not aware of. So instead of having names on papers from that point out, he gave them, like they chose code names. So he didn't know who he was grading. Um, and she said it made a big difference in not just the, uh, the way he was grading, but also the discussions that that prompted and the way that they tackled, and it was a literature class, so they're you know reading all these books with different perspectives and everything else. And she said it just became such a richer experience for everybody, and I think including the professor. So it was just such a simple, practical way to kind of acknowledge and say, hey, let's address this proactively instead of just kind of saying, well, I guess I do have a bias. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, Jeannie, what you're mentioning, too, is something we all have to recognize is that bias is something that is taught and we, we start mm-hmm. learning this at from zero to eight years old mm-hmm. when, you know as early as a baby we start learning don't touch the stove it's hot we we learn that you know look both ways before crossing the street we learn not to hit you know something like an outlet with something really sharp we're starting to learn the rules of engagement and the rules of life early on because we need bias to help protect us from danger and harm mm-hmm. but we also start learning biases too based on our own identity and our 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 social groups, our memberships, right? And so we start learning when we say don't talk to strangers. Well, what does that really mean? How are we starting to learn who are the, those who are, we should be a fr- befriend mm-hmm. and those who we should date, those who should should we marry, those who should be a part of our circle and those who aren't. So we do have sometimes this us versus them because we've been taught so early on about who is in our group membership and who's out of that group membership. So mm-hmm. that bias is really, um, is really important important to understand we all have it and so we have to recognize that we need to uh, to manage it and to interrupt that bias mm-hmm. I love the way you just explained that that's really powerful yeah me too and, I, and I'd, I'd actually like to follow up on that which is yeah. to say I was thinking about what you were talking about earlier like all of the things that are involved in yeah. you know bringing these ideas into companies and I was thinking you know it's a skill set too like how do you teach people not only to overcome their biases, which is challenging enough, but also to lead 
a, a cultural change. We talk about that in the experience space, how difficult cultural change is. Like yes. just, just going from uh, you know non-customer centric to, hey, we care about our customers now. They're not just uh, people that we take money from, but this is a whole nother level. So how do you focus on giving those middle managers you talked about, the tools mm -hmm. to do these things? Yeah, well, obviously there needs to be education, right? Education and learning and not just giving them the information, but allowing them to practice it, to talk about it, to to really start to internalize this. Assess where they are. I think that's very important is to, and I do a lot of assessing of leaders, their cultural competence, their personality style, their thinking style, just so that we can all start to learn that everyone sees the world differently. And it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's different and we have to learn how to work more effectively across those differences. If you are a line leader, it's likely that you're going to have people who see the world from very different ways and they've got different value systems, they have different beliefs, they have different experiences and if you only manage one way and you believe that everybody needs to, is like my way or the highway, this is the way we should do it, that's a goal, I feel like for me that's a, that's a it's a strategy that's going to disrupt your team and it's certainly not going to make people feel to, like they can bring their best self to the workplace every day. So some of the other little basic strategies, and I say these are free, these are not things that you know you have to pay for, it just takes time and intention, is one, let's assume positive intent when, when we are working together. Let's mm -hmm. not assume that people are saying things and doing things, um, you know, that are just causing strife. They want to sometimes just be bring their full self to work. And that includes the ways that they see the world. The other thing is be intentional about being inclusive around the table. I'll ask for diversity of thought. Don't just assume that because everybody agreed and everybody sees it the same way, that's group thinking. You want to avoid that. Um, the other thing I'm big on is making sure that the leaders uh, themselves are incorporating this into their performance goals and their expectations and, and that this becomes a part of their core values and how they treat each other but also be willing to just get to know people beyond just their project, just beyond their sales numbers and beyond just, you know, their everyday initiatives that they're responsible for, but just check on people from a very personal human perspective and get to know them at that level. And you'll find so much more beyond just the surface because, you know, mm -hmm. that's where a lot of our biases come from is what we see. But there's so much more beneath that waterline if you think about an iceberg, right? 90% of what makes up an iceberg is below the surface. So, Mm -hmm. Let's get beneath the surface as it relates to our uniqueness and diversity. You know, I, I think that's so important. And I also think like that's one of the, sometimes when we talk about DEI subjects, we talk about benefits to the organization in kind of, you know, exactly the ways that you're talking about. But I find like as an individual, I feel like I get so much the more that I know different perspectives, different people and it just brings so much more to whatever you're working on. And I think one of the challenges that I've seen is that as we have more remote and distributed workforces, you know, making space for, for that kind of connection um, is so important, but we need to be more intentional about it, right? So, so, you know, I've seen things like, we have a Slack channel in, in my organization that's called Humor and Humanity, and it's just about you know, if something wacky happens, or if you just have a story, or if something's going on with you that we should know, like, this is your space. But it's not the same as like hanging out at the water cooler. So I'm just curious, do you have any advice or suggestions for those remote workforces and how they can really connect in that way? 
Yeah, I've seen some really, really great practices, uh, you know, now that we've been hybrid and remote for the last two and a half years. Um, I've seen, you know, the, when they've had team meetings that they do allow people to just go around the room and just do a check-in, right? Ask how people are doing. But I've seen it work well when just the leader themselves reaches out individually, not just through Zoom, but can we just pick up the phone and just say, hey, just wanted to talk to you, just wanted to see how you're doing, just wanted to see how you're feeling. Is there anything else you need? How else can I support you? Because people are experiencing stress at an all-time high. Anxiety is at mm -hmm. an all-time high. People are feeling a sense of burnout. And then it's even a greater level of pressure because you're working from home. You got kids. You got dogs and all kind of other pets and you got all you know now you got the contractors are coming in they're doing work and I'm trying to do a meeting and I got the, the lawnmowers out there running so it's so much going on we have to check in and we have to allow that space for people to be able to talk about what they're experiencing and what they need that's mm -hmm. one the other thing I saw that was a lot of fun too and I got a chance to participate with some of my clients is they would do things that were not just only work related right so mm -hmm. they did things like they would do um, virtual cocktail hours and you could just bring your own favorite drink and just talk to each other like you were sitting at the bar or in the restaurant. I saw them do birthdays and, and major celebrations, baby, you know, baby dead, um, that were born and just mm -hmm. stuff like that and they would sip to that and, and, and drink to that and just celebrate each other or have birthday parties. I, I went to a birthday party that was phenomenal. Someone was celebrating their 50th and when you came into the Zoom room, you got to put in your very favorite song and whenever your name came up and your song started playing they would highlight you and you got to do your dance right so it's you know and then i we i went to a cook-off right so people were inviting you into their personal space into mm -hmm. their homes and 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 we had a talent show there was another client that did a a, a, ta a staff talent show and people didn't know that some of these people who they worked with for years could play the guitar who could sing and who could do so it was just those kinds of fun things that kept people engaged they they yeah. get they got that sense of belonging they had a chance to laugh and minimize stress and and just be a part of a family you know mm -hmm. again mm -hmm. i love that and i think the the one thing i hope we take from all of this forever is i do feel like we we did get insight into everybody's like real lives uh yeah. just through seeing each other <laughs> right. on, on the screens yeah. and people are now so much more relaxed about like oh if their kid comes in or i know if, right <laughs> it's so but it's so great because then you see the the whole person yes. i was i was laughing earlier today because i was like this is this was not on my bingo card but we uh <laughs> i was trying to have a meeting and we have this hornet's nest outside my window and the hornets were like dive bombing into the window oh, wow <laughs> and you could hear them like tap 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 and i was yeah. thinking that is not something i would have predicted right so it, right we've been look we've been entertaining each other with the things going on in our houses and it's been really nice but I've loved it because it's also added a sense of diversity and acceptance mm -hmm. and that we're all in the same boat we're all in this together and we've had to you know just allow people to be their human selves and yeah. yes we all know that everyone has on a really nice top at the top and <laughs> you know and at the bottom we got all pajama <laughs> pants and slippers right but I we but seen. <laughs> <laughs> but we've been walking in, in each other's homes and we've seen different parts of people that we hadn't seen before. So I like the fact that it has allowed us to see, see each other's humanity more. I agree. I yeah. Agree. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like we've also needed it more. We've needed yeah. to do that because, you know, we didn't have that social interaction at the water cooler. We didn't right. have, we, and, uh, you know, to circle this back a little bit to what you're talking about with you know, organizations and being intentional about it. 
which is I feel like we have to um, create these things on purpose now. We have to yep. create this environment because it's not just going to happen in the hallway anymore. That's right. Absolutely. So one of the things I was going to ask you is, you know, when we're you're looking you have this 30-year hr career which i thought was yeah. it. is that correct i hear that right okay i do yes I, I have had way too many discussions with hr hr lawyers in my day and um <laughs> every minute of it a pure joy let me tell you and um but i, I do want to ask you how do you balance this you know this move yeah you know, we, we associate some of the things we've been talking about with like okay and uh, tech companies and startups yeah. but mm -hmm. how, how do you what changes have you seen and how do you convince traditional HR, which is like, don't talk to them, don't know anything about them because they're going to use it against you one day, right? How, how yeah. do you tr try to move to some happy balance and right. move departments? Yeah, what I've been seeing, though, too, Adam, is there's more and more of a movement to put HR out into the business, into the operations, and allow them to become your partner. So now they're, they're being called HRBPs, HR business partners. So they're not away up in the ivory tower. They're not far removed away from the work. And they're there to help all the leaders, line supervisors, salespeople, all of them, to help them to do their jobs, right? So they're helping the leaders do their jobs around recruiting, coaching, giving performance management reviews, um, helping to develop that that talent to the next level, helping them to increase their levels of performance. That's what HR is doing. So I'm loving that they're now allowing HR to be your partner and putting you on the same level with them so that you don't feel so far removed and they don't feel that disconnection. And the other thing too is, is, is we're doing more education and learning. I'm seeing HR, especially over these last two, three years, they really have reached out more and more to understand what are the needs of the employees. And you know how there's been that perception that HR is only focused on employer and making sure that the employer is protected. But no, I've been seeing more and more of HR making a shift to ensure that employees feel not only protected, but that they feel a sense of engagement, that they feel a sense of safety, psychological psychological safety and building that level of trust with them because they've had to, right? They've had to help them through COVID. They've had to help them when they've had to take off work now and got to take care of a family member who's who's had COVID or passed away from it because we've had so much shifting and changing. HR has become the partner to the employees and not just to the employer. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. that. I yeah, love me that. too. Yeah. There's hope for us all now. I know, right? That's right. I mean, that's but I think that's the way effort. it should have been. It should yeah. have been. HR is exactly that, human resources. And mm -hmm. that's just not employer resources, but it's employee resources. Beautiful. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, we could talk about this literally all day, I, know. I think. But, <laughs> that's uh, right. That's right. No, this was so great. This was so great. And, you know, this this season, we're asking everybody a question at the end here. And it's a little bit different angle than where we've been, but I'm curious about your answer. And that's really, what delights you about working with customers? Wow, I love it. You can tell I'm obviously um, an extrovert and I get my energy from people, but I love serving my customers because they're coming to me as an expert. And I feel like I have been able to acquire enough of the knowledge, the skills and the expertise to help them to become better. My whole role and goal in life is to help them build a culture of inclusion and high performance where all talent can thrive. So I delight in customers who are really interested in this, who really 
really want to make a difference and who really want to create a kind of culture that a person who looks like me, right, a African-American, female, attractive, petite, I'm just kidding, but for someone, <laughs> someone who looks like check, me, check. right, who may be from the underrepresented group or, un, or, you know, marginalized group who's not traditionally part of the dominant group, that mm-hmm. those customers now have strategies and tools that they can implement in the organization to help everyone to be set up for success. And I think the other thing for me is that when they come back to me and say, Dr. Davis, you are making a difference. We're seeing this shift in our leaders. Our culture is now being transformed and we would not have been able to do that without you. I'm delighted. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for being here with us. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Well, and if our listeners want to stay connected, learn more about you, what's the best way for them to find you? Oh, please have them link in with me. I'm at Dr. Shirley Davis on LinkedIn and all other social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Clubhouse. I'm everywhere. (laughs) But you can also check me out at DrShirleyDavis.com. And certainly my new book is on Amazon as well. So either one of those, let's stay connected. And we'll have all of that in the show notes as well. So it will be easy to find. But awesome. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you so much Thanks, for being Adam. here. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Shirley. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. Well, that was a fantastic conversation with Dr. Shirley. And you know, it is so important. I mean, it's always been important, but it is so important today to bear in mind the, the different perspectives and the dynamics of diversity and being inclusive in our organizations and being inclusive in our experiences and how we design those experiences as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I I love her kind of view and her approach to inclusive leadership because, you know, how she starts with like, hey, let's assume everybody has good intent. Let's start there. I think that's such an important point. And it's such a a meaningful way to just come into any of these conversations. Cause I think people are a little scared, a little tentative sometimes about that. But if you start there, it just opens up in this whole new way. So I think there were so many takeaways. I hope everybody got as much out of this and had as much fun as we did. That was a really fun conversation. That was absolutely. Uh, and speaking of fun, sometimes <laughs> having fun takes forethought, Janie. Oh, nicely done. Nicely done. Yeah, another shout out. Thank you to our seasonal sponsor, Forethought. Don't forget, listeners, you can learn more about human-centered AI and how you can get a $100 gift card by visiting forethought.ai slash CTCC, which stands for Crack the Customer Code. The Customer Code. I'm giving you an echo. (laughs) (laughs) And here at crack the customer code we want to thank you our listeners thank you so much for being here and for listening year after year episode after episode crack the customer code is a proud member of c-suite radio so be sure to check out the great business content at c-suiteradio.com and c-suitetv.com i'm Jeannie walters you can learn more about me at experienceinvestigators.com and i'm adam Tapork, and you can learn more about me at customersthatstick.com until next time take care of yourself and take care of your customers
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.